It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Welcome on into the 33rd, a.k.a. the... I actually don't know what to do with this episode because there aren't many great number 33s in Eagles history. I mean, the best one, I guess, would be Ollie Matson, But when he played here, he was like 35 years old. Like, look, listen to the recent number 33s. Dexter McDougal, Ron Brooks, Chris Przinsky, Jordan Poyer, Jerome Harrison, Jack Igawanu. Donald Strickland, like 33, is given to trash players. And this is not a trash podcast. So uh, we're not going to name this one. This is the 33rd edition of the Counterpoint Podcast brought to you by BGN Radio, BGNRadio.com, and BleedingGreenNation.com. Uh, on today's show, we have a loaded Jack's headlines, a bunch of stuff to get to. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, I'm officially not worried about the Eagles Super Bowl hangover. I will tell you why. We have an Australian Super Bowl call that is amazing. And I am vowing that from now on, all major calls should be made by Australians and Bill Rafferty. And finally, an absolutely loaded, loaded counterpoint mailbag. So, first off, we start with Des Bryant. Because Des Bryant... Got his ass cut. He got cut. He threw up the X. The fucking X is dead. Dak Prescott killed Des Bryant. The X is dead. I don't have to see that cancer anymore in Cowboys in the Cowboys star. The Des Bryant X in that stadium full of frauds is officially dead. And the most reason it's dead is because their quarterback is trash. Dak Prescott was so bad at trying to find Des Bryant on the field. 
that he turned Des Bryant into a laughing stock. Shout out to Dak. Dak, so good. Better than Wentz. Got one of the 15-ish best receivers of the last eight years. Cut. Cut. Outright. Cut. Great job. So, the Cowboys continue to be an absolute laughing stock. They're cutting talented players. They're also paying players who are not on the team a lot of money. And I had to bring in a source from the outside, JK. We all love him. I brought on Brandon Lee Gout. Brandon, the Cowboys are paying Tony Romo, Des Bryant, Cedric Thornton, Nolan Carroll, some guy named Benzin Mawaiwe. A total of $22.5 million next year. Is that good? Um, I am adding this up. I am, I am crunching some numbers here. Uh, no, it is not good. Thanks, Brandon. On the contrary, the Eagles will pay the following players less than that combined in 2018. Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Nelson Aguilar, Jay Ajayi, and Jordan Hicks. Let's all sit back and laugh at the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are the New York Knicks. It's official. They are a big market team, a storied franchise that is being run by misfits. Congratulations. You are all dog shit. Des Bryant got cut. I am so freaking glad he is gone. Now apparently he wants to stay in the division and burn the Cowboys twice a year. Let me just come out and say, not here. I don't want that cancer anywhere near this locker room. We've lost enough locker room guys this offseason. I don't want Dez being brought in here at all. He is a cancer. I've long viewed him as a cancer. Never won anything on that team. And, yes, he still dropped the ball. (laughs) Dez Bryant got cut, and the Cowboys are fucking stupid. And we are world champions. And we're going to Dallas for the draft. We're making our world championship selection in their house. Get owned. I love it. Moving on. Number two, the Doug tour continued. Doug was in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center for the Sixers uh, regular season finale against the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, honestly, it was a it was a bad move by the Sixers. It was a bad move by the Sixers. You blew your Doug load a little bit early. You don't blow Doug on game 82 when you already have it have everything locked up and the bucks are playing to lose because they want to play the Celtics in round 2. You don't you don't blow your dug load, okay? You don't you don't you don't waste that on on game 82. Uh but before we get to that, he's wearing a gorgeous blue sweatshirt that I'm going to need to get my hands on and he rang the shit out of that bell. He 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 crushed that bell. So, Doug was great per usual. Brings that Super Bowl trophy with him everywhere, but I think the Sixers used him too early. I personally would have brought him out for game three of the next round when they play the Celtics, and they probably they might they might lose two up in Boston. They might split, but they're returning home for a chance to to grab a series by the balls. Then you need to bring in Doug, who has the biggest balls in the city, uh, to get that crowd going. You don't you don't waste him on game eighty two. You don't waste him in the first round. I mean, I, I was a little disappointed by what the Sixers did, but uh, the Doug tour continued, and I'm wondering. Where he's going to go next. And I, 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 I wanted to think outside the box because like, if he goes to the Union, it's like, well, who, who gives a shit? Uh, sorry, soccer fans, but like, who really gives a shit? I think I came up with the perfect answer. Doug next is going to be on 95 
during rush hour. And the reason why I want this to happen, and this is what I'm envisioning in my messed up head, is Doug is on 95 at rush hour. Everyone's everyone's just mad, angry. It's bumper to bumper traffic. And then out emerges Doug, and you see grown men weep. You see grown men brought to their knees. And there's Doug standing above all else at the top of 95, holding up that Super Bowl trophy. And all is qualmed. That's where the Doug tour is going next. He is going to cure traffic on 95. Now, I have made an executive decision, and I know this is going to be pretty off-brand, but it's, it's, a, it's a decision that I had to make, and I understand this, and this might look bad coming from me. I have banned Doug Peterson from my wedding. I know. I know. It sounds ridiculous, but I have banned Doug Peterson from my wedding because the wedding is my day, Doug. I don't need your all shucks, beautiful center part, daddish frame, stumbling into my wedding with that Super Bowl trophy and stealing the attention away from Jill and I. So, Doug, I know you listen to the podcast. I know you're a big fan, and you know that I love you. But you are not. You are banned. You're banned from attending my wedding because that is my day. It's not about you, Doug. But God damn it. Your silver hair doesn't look so gorgeous next to that Super Bowl trophy. Moving on. Robert Kraft went to visit Meek Mill this week in jail. And Meek Mill is getting released on Monday, which is very cool. He should be allowed to walk out of that place with dreams and nightmares blaring in the background. And we should give him a standing ovation. Shout out Meek Mill. Because dreams and nightmares was a very integral part in the Super Bowl run. But, Robert Kraft... Oh, and by the way, Meek should ring the bell game two for the Sixers on Monday night. That just has to happen. That's that's not even arguable. Anyway, Robert Kraft went to go visit him. And I don't know why Robert Kraft went to go visit him. It didn't make any sense. And this is what I think happened. I think he lost a bet with Jeff Lurie. I think Jeff Lurie is like, okay, Rob, guess what? If we beat you, you're going to prison to visit Meek. And guess what? Jeff Lurie fucking won because the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So, really curious as to why he went to go visit Meek. But I think I think it's because that that dog, Jeff Lurie, made a bet with him, and this was this was the bet being settled. Also, I have found hashtag my guy. So every year when the draft rolls around, I find my guy. Now it's usually a linebacker, and this year it's Roquan Smith. But I I have come to terms that Roquan Smith is not going to be there when the Eagles pick. I know it sucks. Uh, I don't think Tremaine Edmonds is going to be there. But I, but I listen. I'll take it for picking thirty-two and, and being Super Bowl champion. So I have found my guy. Breaking news, and it's Justin Reed. I love Justin Reed. He is smart as shit. He kind of just looks like Malcolm Jenkins out there. He reminds me of Malcolm Jenkins when I watch Malcolm Jenkins play, except he's like seven years younger. Uh, but I think he plays like a modern day Malcolm Jenkins. I think he could, instead of having Malcolm come in and play that pseudo, pseudo or suedo, I think it's pseudo. I think James corrected me once on that, but I think it's pseudo linebacker. Malcolm was playing a lot of linebacker last year in, in their, in their sets. I think Justin Reed can do that. Justin Reed is officially my guy who I want the Eagles to pick at 32. Moving on. Mike Wallace 
needs to stay under 250 pounds. He also cannot wear number 11. Mike, I'm sorry. I know you listen to the podcast, but you cannot wear number 11. You are not allowed to take that from Carson Wentz. That was my bad, but now overcorrecting it, you were not allowed. Um, he needs to stay under 250 pounds to make more than $500,000. That is fucking ridiculous. Mike Wallace <laughs> weighs 200 pounds. Like, what is he going to do? Turn into a tight end? Like, I want to know, I want to know what happened in the negotiation, like the negotiation room. Is there a room where all negotiations happen? That's how I envision it. But, um, I just envision this, uh, whoever Mike Wallace's agent coming up to Howie and being like, hey, how about this? Mike Wallace needs to stay under 230 pounds to make 500K. And Howie goes, make it 250. Like, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. He's not going to gain 50 pounds. What if he did gain 50 pounds? I mean, the takes would be absurd. But, like, imagine just not having to gain 50 pounds, just working out a little bit, and here's a $500,000 check. It's fucking absurd. That is absurd. It is, it's awesome, but it's absurd. Uh, final Jack headline. Uh, we talked about this last week. Once a week, I find myself watching Super Bowl highlights, and I always notice something different. And I noticed this one early, but uh, then I reminded myself, I was like, mm, I got to bring this up on the podcast. I want Matt Patricia's face after the Eagles complete the Philly special to be injected directly into my veins. It is the funniest face ever. It is the what the fuck just happened face. Like the, I didn't see that coming face. It's the, oh shit, Doug Peterson's balls are so unbelievably big that I didn't think he was going to call that there. Wow, I just got shat on by Doug Peterson. That will do it for Jack's headlines. Now let's get into the meat of the podcast. I am officially not worried about the Super Bowl hangover. The Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. Teams win it, they get fat, they go on all the media tours, and all, and all of that stuff. It's perfectly fine. It's 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 naturally gonna happen. And they come back, and you know the the coach just can't always press the same buttons to get his guys competing at the highest level because they achieved the highest reward in the sport. It's natural for teams to to come out slow, not work as hard, not practice as hard coming off of a Super Bowl championship or a championship in any sport. I mean, look at the look at the Warriors. The Warriors right now are just bored. They're just bored with basketball. They've won they've won two out of the last three championships. They have set uh wins records. They're just they're bored. They don't have that chip on their shoulder. And teams sometimes need chips on their shoulder to 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 push the other players to get back to the high level that they were operating at when they won the Super Bowl. And I was worried about this. Because the, the the team had never gotten there, they'd never won before. They finally won. The whole city is embracing them. Uh, it, it, I was. It's just natural. It's natural to worry a bit about the Super Bowl hangover. But I'm I'm I am off of that for one reason. Because when you want to maintain a a window of success in any sport, you need to either you need to bring in guys who haven't won before, are a little bit older, that are just hungry to get that championship. 
the the Patriots did it for years with the likes of Darrell Revis, Randy Moss, just these older players that haven't won yet that come into the culture and push everyone else to a higher standard. It's just what championship teams do. The, the 90s Yankees did this. The Celtics did it. The Celtics damn near invented the thing uh, with Bill Walton in 1986. That's kind of how I feel about this Eagles team. And it's not because of the additions they brought in the offseason. Michael Bennett already has a ring, but he does have a chip on his shoulder because the team gave up on him. And, and giving up on a guy as motivated as, as Michael Bennett has been in his career, I think is a dangerous scenario. So, um, by the way, scenario, I just sounded like the biggest tool bag ever. Scenario. We say scenario on this podcast. I'm sorry I did that. Uh, I, I wasn't trying to sound smarter than anyone out there. It's scenario. Sorry. Um, but the reason why I'm not worried about the Super Bowl hangover is because of the guys that are on injured reserve. Carson Wentz knows this wasn't his Super Bowl. No matter what fake news Barchard wants to tell you, Carson Wentz is not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And Carson Wentz knows that. He knows that this was not his Super Bowl. He knows that next year he will go into the season being like, this is my time to win it for, for me and the guys. They also have Jason Peters. And I think keeping Jason Peters around is is now super important to cure the Super Bowl hangover because he's so well-respected in that locker room. He is so well-respected in that locker room and everyone wants to get a ring for Jason Peters. Sure, Jason Peters has a ring. He was integral in a part of winning this Super Bowl championship, but he was not physically on the field, and I know that is, that is, that is making him sick. Jordan Hicks is a guy that is heading into a contract year after two straight season-ending injuries. Jordan Hicks is going to be super motivated, and he also did not win the Super Bowl last year. He was not on the field for the Super Bowl. Not being on the field for a Super Bowl, and these these three guys are some of the best players on the team. That is going to push everyone else to get back to the level that they got to last year, just mentally and physically. Because those guys are not going to let anyone else lollygag. And that's why I'm officially... Not worried. Now, I brought some audio to the table. I want you guys to hear the Australian Super Bowl call of the Brandon Graham strip sack because it is a treat. Listen in. Left, wider out his dorset. Brady stands. Ball knocked out of his hands. Eagles recover. The Eagles get the ball back. The strip is flipped. Tom Brady bereft on the turf. It has literally been ripped from his grasp. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Every major call from now on has to be made by the Aussies. That was phenomenal. It brought me right back. The script has been flipped. Tom Brady bereft. So good. So good. Now, every major sporting event must be called by the Aussies and Bill Rafferty. I was stuck on this whole Bill Rafferty All-Masters weekend because I just want him to announce the Masters once. Can you imagine Spieth going on that run and you hear Bill Rafferty? Spieth, from 20 out. Oh, I got it. Onions. Onions. Oh, be amazing. Anyway, moving on. All right, let's check out the CounterPoint mailbag, which you can always reach at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. 
you can tweet me that. Well, don't tweet me during the week, because I'll probably forget. But you can slide into those DMs if you want me to answer a question on the podcast. Uh, really good questions this week. I couldn't get to all of them, but I will try to get to the, all of them coming up on, on future podcasts. So we start with uh, Andrew Sissons. Sizens? I don't know. Uh, hey, Jack, I can forgive you for saying that Mike Wallace could wear number 11. Thank you. Uh, in, in 2018. But the whole situation brought another question to mind. Would you go over or under one and a half Eagles players to wear number 11 other than Carson Wentz before they retire it? So I'm going to go way under really just because like I, I, I can't envision anyone else wearing that number. I don't want anyone else to wear it. I would go under. I don't like, I don't know. I, I feel like he'd be, he'd be retired pretty quickly after he retires. Um, no one else is going to ever wear 11 again in Eagles history besides Carson Wentz. Is that a hot take? I don't think so. But it, it's kind of just where I'm at. Uh, from Shazeb Kazi. Hey, Jack. Big fan of the pod and BGN Radio. I had a question and felt the need to consult you and the trust tree. Well, well welcome on in, Shazeb. Uh, I still start and end every day by watching Super Bowl highlights. And honestly, I don't see anything wrong with it. My friends and family are telling me that it's April and it's still a weird thing to do. Should I start moving on or is it still all right to bask in the glory? I mean, Shazeb, come on. What do you think? What do you think the trust tree is going to say to this? I mean, of course it's not time to move on. It's never time to move on. Now we've transitioned from watching every day and, and reliving the moment to just being petty as shit about it. Um, I love this stage, but uh, no, it is perfectly okay. To, I mean, I, I talk about on this podcast how I find myself watching highlights and then I notice something else that I forgot about the Super Bowl run. So perfectly okay with watching it uh, every morning before bed. No, that doesn't make any sense. Every morning when you wake up, every night before you go to bed, don't blame you one bit. Uh, from Andrew Johnson, of the five main quarterbacks in this draft, how do you rank them? So the nice thing about having Carson Wentz is that I don't have to talk myself into shitty quarterbacks anymore. Like I used to, every every year the draft rolls around, I'd be looking at third round quarterbacks and be like, all right, this guy's a steal. He's going to be great here. He's going to be our Brady, whatever. So like I remember I was all in on like Garrett Grayson, who sucks ass. So that's the great thing about Carson Wentz. So I'm not as like in on the quarterbacks, but obviously it's all anyone talks about. So my personal rankings and I'll probably get laughed at for this, but whatever. Uh, my number one is Rosen, just because I I trust him enough. I, like I think I think people are overblowing the whole he's a millennial thing. It's just like it's there's just weird stuff around Josh Rosen now. He kind of seems like a like a punk, but I kind of see him being Matt Ryan, Jared Goffey. So I would I would take the chance on J- uh, on Josh Rosen. Second, I have Sam Darnold. Uh, looks the part, but. I don't know, man. There's something weird about his mechanics. There's just something weird about him. He's got a big arm. He seems like a good dude. Seems coachable. I would trust my franchise with him. It's just that I haven't really seen guys with mechanics like his work. Because I, I don't think I've seen a guy throw like him. It's just it's it's a little different mechanics. Uh, but I I, I trust him in a, in a weird way. Number three, I have Baker Mayfield. Now 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 Mayfield is a guy that is either gonna you know make you look like the executive of the year. Or you're gonna get, you're gonna get canned. So, I don't know, my my main thoughts on Baker Mayfield is that he's a culture changer. He changes that locker room from day one, um, kind of in the same way Deshaun Watson was. 
I don't like playing up the whole winner thing, but the guy's a winner. He's short. He's got a chip on his shoulder all the time. I, I will take a chance on a guy like Baker Mayfield figuring it out. Uh, so I, I like Baker Mayfield at three. Four, I got Josh Allen. I just think he's stupid. Like, I think Josh Allen's an idiot, and I don't think he knows how to be a quarterback. I think he's got a huge arm. I don't think he knows how to read defenses. I think the Carson Wentz label with him is just it's just embarrassing. Uh, I, I don't like Josh Allen one bit. I don't know. Like, every time I see the Browns being like, hey, yeah, might take him at one, I just laugh my ass off. Like, that would be the most, that would be the most Brown thing, the Browns thing ever. Taking Josh Allen one and him turning into a massive bust. And his Twitter name is Jay Prodigy, which is just like, why are you being a douchebag? Uh, five, I got Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's a wide receiver. I think he's a quarterback. It, it's just m- more for me with him, it's the build. Like, guys as small as him, as mobile as him, they just don't last that long in the league. Now, he might be super fun from day one, but I just don't think it's going to last super long. And when you're drafting that high, you're drafting your franchise quarterback, I I, I want dur- durability, and I just don't trust that with Lamar Jackson. But uh, obviously the talent is is, is immense. So um, let's go to Twitter. From C. Brown at Flintlock97, uh, if Doug and Belichick got into a fight, one – what weapons would they choose? And two, how long would it take for Belichick to start fighting dirty? Because he would obviously be at a disadvantage. And let's face it, he's a Patriot. So here are my thoughts on this. One, Doug shows up with a Super Bowl trophy. Of course he does. Doug goes everywhere with a Super Bowl trophy. I envision Doug sleeping with a Super Bowl trophy. Not in a sexual way. Just sleeping next to it on his bed. And just staring at it with a childish smile on his face before going to bed. I imagine Doug waking up with a Super Bowl trophy with the same childish smile on his mouth and roaming the meadows with it and going flawlicking in a field with Beatles music behind them. Is that weird? <laughs> it's okay to say yes, but that's how I envision Doug and his time with the Super Bowl. But also, the Super Bowl trophy is heavy. It is made of steel, and I feel like Doug would take one swing with that thing, and Belichick is, is done. Now, here's, here's the disadvantage in this fight for Doug is that his huge balls would get in the way, and Belichick, you know he is a guy that is aiming for the balls to get a, to get an advantage. So Doug's huge balls get in the way, but he has a Super Bowl trophy. So it's tough. It's tough. Uh, but that, that's that's how I would, would handicap that fight. From my cat's name is Milk at Austin Spangler, given the opportunity to interview one draft prospect and ask them only one question, Who's your guy and what's the question? So I'm going to go very on brand here because I get very offended when people in the NFL uh, who are from here are kind of diss being from here. Like Justin Pugh is dead to me. And I'm wondering the same about uh, Mike McGlinchey. I like Mike McGlinchey. I can't believe people like Colton Miller. That's just a side topic. But Mike McGlinchey is from here. I would ask him if he's an Eagles fan. And if he said yes, I would start peppering him with questions about the Eagles to see if he's a fraud or not because I'm not bringing in a fraud. Uh, Second question, I know you only said one, but will he change his number to 69 and be my John Runyon? Because McGlinchey could be my John Runyon. So, yeah, that, that that would be how I would handle that situation. From Brian Seville, uh, at Brian underscore Seville. Who will be this year's Alvin Kamara or Kareem Hunt? So I think this year's Alvin Kamara is definitely Sony Michelle. I really, really like Sony Michelle. Now, I haven't done much draft research because, well, we're going to talk about this next week. 
I just, I just it, winning the Super Bowl is kind of taking my mind off the whole draft thing. Um, but watching him in the in their in their championship game run uh, in the playoff, he just looked just like Alvin Kamara. He seems like he's going to be an unbelievable pro, and I, I wish the, I wish the Eagles could get their hands on him somehow. And my Kareem Hunt comparison. Now I know Kareem Hunt was a fourth round pick, and I know this guy's going to go in the first round, but they he Darius Geis really reminds me of Kareem Hunt. Uh, a lot of people like Darius Geis, and I like Darius Geis as well. I don't get the like massive love for him. I don't like. I think I still think Saquon Barkley is in a different stratosphere. But I mean, Darius Geis seems like a, a really solid lead back. It's just like there's just something when I watch him. It's not this doesn't really jump off the table at me. And they, they when I was watching him, I was actually like, wow, he reminds me of Kareem Hunt a little bit. So I don't know if that's like a hot take or if that's like unfair, but. I just they, when I watch those two on the field, I, I, they remind me of each other. And that's not to say I don't like Darius Geis. It's just I don't think he's even the same ballpark as as Saquon Barkley, which I I've seen some people try to make that comparison. I, I just personally don't see that. Um, from Lonus at SXRIC, what was your go-to cheap beer in college, and have you drank it since graduating? So I am a huge PBR ag- advocate. I will. I'm a ride or die PBR guy. Uh, I also drank a lot of cheap beer in college. Genesee Cream Ale was nine ninety nine at Bloom, so of course I got my hands on that. Schmitz, Schlitz, Natty. Although, like Natty, I didn't want to be your typical college kid. I I didn't drink much Natty. Um, but yeah, I was I was a, I was a cheap beer enthusiast in, in in college, and I really developed a strong appreciation for PBR. And yes, I have drank it since graduating. And yes. I will feel more Amer. I I won't feel more American than when I have a PBR in my left hand. Uh, I love PBR. Big PBR guy. <laughs> um, this is from uh, Robert Wassel. 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 One of those two. Um, after my six-week ban from my inexcusable spelling error for Jeff Lurie. Hey, Rob. It's okay, man. I literally was giving away Carson Wentz's jersey number. Two podcasts ago, so everything's okay. We're we're all, we're all straight there. Um, so, uh, I have a question for the draft. If you were having an Eagles Super Bowl championship drinking game for the draft, what would the rules? So this is a loaded question, but I think you got to go team by team. I think you got to go team by team, and I'll give you the criteria right now. So for for the Cleveland Browns. If they draft a running back, drafting a running back to an 0 and 16 team would be <laughs> the most Browns thing ever. So you are drinking if they draft a running back. The Giants, you are drinking if they don't draft a quarterback and continue to ride this Eli train. The Jets, you are doing the same thing. If they don't draft a quarterback, you are also drinking. Denver. If they don't draft an offensive lineman to protect Case Keenum, you are drinking. <laughs> uh, Indianapolis. If they are not drafting an offensive lineman to hopefully protect Andrew Luck, you are also drinking. If Tampa Bay drafts another skill position guy, you are drinking. If Chicago doesn't draft an offensive lineman to protect, to protect Mitch Trubisky, you are drinking. If they mention on the broadcast that the San Francisco 49ers are a dark horse Super Bowl contender, you are drinking. If Oakland 
drafts the fastest skill position guy in the draft, you are drinking. If Miami, if they mention on the broadcast that this guy is going to help rebuild their culture in Miami, you are drinking. If Buffalo doesn't draft a quarterback at 12, you are drinking. If Washington goes full Washington, like you'll know. You'll know. You'll know if you'll know if Daniel Snyder has his hands in that one. You're you're drinking. If Green Bay doesn't draft a weapon to help out Aaron Rodgers, you're drinking. If Arizona doesn't draft the quarterback because they are paying Sam Bradford twenty million this year, if they don't draft the quarterback, you are drinking. If Baltimore drafts an Alabama guy, you are drinking. If the Los Angeles Chargers draft one of Phillip Rivers' kids, you're drinking. If they mention on the broadcast that the Legion of Doom is dead in Seattle and they're moving on to a new era, you are drinking. If the Dallas Cowboys draft a convict with a shady past, you are drinking. If the Lions draft a wide receiver, now I know that's an outdated joke, but that was a great run where they only drafted receivers in the first round. But if they draft a receiver in the first round, just for old time's sake, you're drinking. Uh, the Bengals... If they also draft a convict like the Dallas Cowboys with a shady past, you are drinking. Uh, if New England keeps their pick and they don't trade out of it, you are drinking. If Carolina doesn't get skill skill position players around Cam Newton, you are drinking. Uh, if Tennessee drafts an offensive player because they need defensive players around Mike Rabel, and I envision that defense being pretty strong, but uh, if they don't, if they draft an offensive player while clearly needing a defensive player. You are drinking. Uh, Atlanta, if they show highlights from the divisional round game, you are drinking out of sheer happiness. So, there you go. Uh, if New Orleans does not draft a predecessor to Drew Brees, you are drinking. If the Pittsburgh Steelers draft a running back, you are drinking because that means that Le'Veon Bell is gone next year, which I think is a super interesting subplot of the NFL. If Jacksonville... Drafts a defensive player you're drinking because, like, the, it would just be classic. Here's another defensive player. Your team is only defensive players and Blake Bortles. So that'd be funny. Uh, Minnesota, if if there are Eagles fans at the draft and they do a mock skull chant, you are drinking out of sheer happiness again. And of course, the Eagles, you are dra- you are you are just drinking out of pure happiness. So that is my guide to the NFL draft. From uh, Michael Apgar, what do you think of the Football Life series on NFL Network? I was watching the one with Brett Favre the other day, and it was excellent. But about 35 minutes in, I caught Doug Peterson on the bench in the background and realized that the show distracted me from the fact that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I vowed to never let this happen again. Uh, Listen, Mike, it's fine. It's fine to watch uh, other Football Lifes. Football Lifes are, are fantastic. Sometimes on NFL Network, you'll see John Barchard. So I don't blame you because everything's gravy now. And seeing Doug Peterson in his playing days will never not crack me up. <laughs> uh, hey, Jack. My my name is Dimitri from USC, the home of Sam Darnold. Uh, been a listener for over a year and a fan of CounterPoint since day one. Great stuff. And fuck the haters. I know you said you haven't been paying attention to the draft as much this offseason for obvious reasons. But do you have a draft crush in this class that you would absolutely want the Eagles to grab? Personally, Geis has been looking better and better as a future anchor and a successful running back by committee. Running back by committee. What are your thoughts? Hope you wake up every morning and tell yourself you're a world champ, just like this whole city. Go birds and long live Howie Strokes. Um, I actually gave you mine earlier in the show. 
Justin Reed is officially hashtag my guy. He can do everything. He can hopefully keep Malcolm Jenkins back at safety, and he can come up and 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 play against the run and hit hard and be a super smart player. I want as many smart players as I can in the locker room. Justin Reed is 100% my guy. Uh, counterpoint question from Austin. If you had a choice to either A, get married this summer, or B, have the Eagles win the Super Bowl next year, Super Bowl next year, uh, what would you choose? Do you think the Eagles will extend Jay Jai's contract next year if he performs like he did last year? Um, you guys love pegging me against Jill. Another back-to-back Super Bowl ring or a ring on a finger. I'm going to take Jill. I'm sorry, but I have my ring. So, listen, I had I paid my dues. It's fine. <laughs> and no, I don't think the Eagles are going to extend J.J. I think they're worried about those knees. Uh, he held them this year. He'll help them next year. But I think they'll draft his predecessor in this upcoming draft. So, that is going to do it for the CounterPoint Podcast, brought to you by BGN Radio, bgnradio.com, and bleedinggreennation.com. I will be back next week talking about more really, really important issues surrounding our Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia. And it's the song you wrote. Uh, yes, I write most of the stuff I wrote.